It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. LFC Day Trippers. Brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers brought to you by bookmakers.com. It is full-time Reds after another Liverpool victory. Six in a row for the Reds, three in a row on this little mini homestand forum. Liverpool won, Brentford nil. I'm your host, Matt, chair of the three at the back committee, joined by Kev. Kev, another routine victory for the Reds. Yeah, I don't listen, man, I don't think there was anything routine about that. That was a proper rear guard action fight to the death, grind it out, whatever superlatives people want to put on it, that was a proper flashback game of football to the 1980s and the good old days of John Fashionu playing for Wimbledon. Uh, launch it into the box. But, yeah, we, we withstood it. We defended it really well for the most part. Allison didn't really have much to do. You know, it was... A game that was decided by more, another game that was decided by a, a moment in a game. The the other night it was Darwin that that moment to win that penalty, and today it was great determination and seeing seeing something on when no one else saw it. So, <laughs> Chris, I'm the new Keith Plunkett, Brentford at home ultras. Yeah, yeah, cannot cannot wait. They're gonna there's gonna be a special one hour show where uh, Keith and Chris are gonna go through and compare their Brentford at home experiences yeah. against each other. Uh, I I'm not familiar with the fashionable Wimbledon side, Kev, but I can't imagine they went down as easily under every single touch as these Brentford players did. Like they very clearly had a game plan today yeah. that was to try to get at us from set pieces, and they went down under the slightest contact, and Anthony Taylor gave them every single call. I, honest to God, thought that Anthony Taylor was going to find a way to level this up at one at halftime. I he was well, given fouls like, when they there were no fouls. Offside goal enough, didn't they? I mean, he was well yeah. offside, but they looked yeah. and looked and looked. Yeah, it was one of those. I I felt it coming. I was there were decisions there that I thought, what did you see that no one else on the ground saw, no one at home saw, and there was other decisions that were made. It was like if that goes. 
if that was on Salah, you're not giving it. And yeah. as five minutes later, it was on Salah, and he gave it the other way as well. So what what can you do? You know, when you're playing against 12 men and you have to grind out a game like that, it's, brilliant. it's a brilliant result. All credit to Brentford and how they play. Yeah, I absolutely respect how they play. I like watching it because it's different. There's not many sides who play like that anymore. They're very good at it. They're you know how they like be, play it around the back with the purpose of knowing that it's going to go long. Yeah, you know that one or two passes around the back to give everyone time to get out the pitch, and everyone knows that ball is coming. It was. It's something that it's unique. Really, there's not many sides that play that way. So. You can't press it from midfield. You can't press it from the forwards. You know, you can try with one or two, but if you go gung-ho, they'll play through you. They're technically very good players. But, yeah, we handled it really, really well. Uh, I was delighted with coming out of that with, with three points. We deserved the three points. Um, as it stands, we're one point behind Manchester United. And all we, we've done our job. We've put pressure on them. It's up to them now to see how they handle the pressure. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean... If we don't win all of our games, it doesn't matter if United have a slip up. And the worst thing would be for United to slip up and drop, you know, enough points that they finish on 69 or 70 and for Liverpool to not win all of their games. That would be the worst. But uh, I really like that you pointed out how good Brentford play. I'd have thought during the game that I think I'm re- I really hope that Brentford can find a way of getting the conference league because I think Thomas Frank could set this team up to make a run in Europe. I think this yeah. Brentford team would be tough for the Conference League or even Europa League teams to play against. Like, yet he is a very good coach. I don't know if he's got the style to be a top level coach. You know, I don't know if he'd go yeah, over at a I Spurs or a City or Liverpool or something like that because you expect a different type of football. But he's kind of got that Mourinho vibe about him. Uh, you know, maybe just the next level down from Mourinho. But yeah, good on uh, Brentford. But I mean, the the big talking point for me though was hour before the match, the lineups come out. Even before that, you get some leaks coming out. You know, people that know a guy that know a guy that knows the coach driver. And uh, the lineup is Allison and Goal, Trent, Ibu, VVD, Robbo across the back line. Then some combination of Gakpo, Fabinho, Jones, Jada, Darwin, and Mo Salah. And there's a little conversation before the game as to just how we were going to line up, actually, which is strange for Liverpool, isn't it? It's straight, If it's strange for us as fans who watch them every week, imagine what it's like when you're Thomas Frank and you're getting that lineup and you're sat there with the players in the dressing room for probably a quarter of an hour. And you have to come up with something to counteract what we we're going to do for the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Because after 10 minutes, it, the game settles into a pattern. Every game settles into a pattern and how it's going. And you can, you know, you'll make the, the adjustments on the, on the hoof kind of thing. But I kind of thought that Jota might sl- drop back into that role that Jordan Henderson normally plays and we'll just keep, play it as normal. It was the other way around. It was Gakpo who dropped into that role. Jota went wide left and it might have been a case of look if he goes wide left it might protect his back a bit that he's not going to get jostled and bustled around in the middle of the park and Darwin through the middle so it was for, for me it was going to be one or the other I've seen a lot of people talk you know it's, we're going to go four two three one we might I threw it out that we might go four four two now it was cut it was I think we're going to stick with this with Trent and everyone else has to accommodate it but yeah it was it was literally horses for courses. Jordan Henderson is carrying a knock. Um, James Milner can't do ninety minutes, but he's good as an enforcer to come on for fifteen twenty. There's no one left. 
that's it. Everyone else is either having an operation or they're not fit or they're not available or whatever. Persona non grata in the case of numbers 8 and 15. They're not the only ones. But at the end of the day, (laughs) the ones who are available, that was pretty much it. The other option would have been to maybe throw Harvey Elliott in in midfield, but I don't think that this is the, the game for that. I think this was a game really for players who can take on the ball. Size mattered in this game massively. They are physically a big size, so having that extra body in midfield, quite a gap with six foot four, is good. A clearing aerial aerial threats as well as taking that ball after a corner is cleared. And bringing it 30 yards and trying to set a counter attack going. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, look, I, I I didn't mind the lineup once I saw it settle down on the pitch. I was like, okay, okay, we'll just see how this goes. This is what I'm enjoying about watching us now. I'm really enjoying watching us yeah. since the Arsenal game because I don't know how it's gonna go. And we're just we're all sat here, we're all just watching this. How is this gonna work out? You know, and we're all hoping for the best. We're all hoping that it works out really, really well, obviously. But at the same time, I think most people at the back of their head is, okay, look, it's a work in progress. It's evolving. And every game, it's it's getting better. And today, back-to-back clean sheets, that's huge. That will do, and especially against a physical side like that, that will do the players' confidence no world of yeah, completely. I mean, uh, the clean sheet, like you said, two in a row, that's 100 clean sheets now for Allison, which just, I mean, his numbers, his presence, what he adds to this team, the points that he wins this is just un, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Brack confirming from inside the ground that Gakpo was playing as the right-hand side of midfield uh, three. I said to you before the game started, when the lineups came out, I said I wouldn't mind seeing Gakpo playing that right-center mid position, and it yeah. panned out that way. And I was thinking that, Shortly after we signed him, when it didn't seem like we knew where he might be able to play, when he started showing that strength in midfield on the turn, like it's it's unbelievable. It's a combination of Firmino and Genie Wijnaldum. Like the way that Wijnaldum was able to use his body to shield off two, three defenders in turn, but then that forward drive that Firmino would add to the team. To see him play on that right side of the midfield, I quite liked it. I quite liked it. I thought he added more in terms of the defensive side of the game than Harvey Elliott did. And I think he links up well in that little triangle with Salah and Trent playing the little Mm. interchange passes between each other. And I think that the biggest downside to Harvey Elliott nailing down that position, because to me, if he's going to play a position, it's going to be that right-sided midfield position for him, is he's too left-footed. And with Mo being so left-footed as well, it gives us, it it limits our options having two supremely left-footed players on that side of the field. Having Gakpo there, oh man, he just continues to impress me. And honestly, Kev, I I can see him making a transition into being a full-time midfielder. I think maybe when he's a bit older and a yeah. bit more experienced. But for now, I think he's a bit of a licorice all sorts. You know, he can he can do a lot of jobs pretty well. And that, for now, for the next 18 months, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, it, it's really, it's it's a nice thing to have, the, the versatility to be able to come in and for a manager to be able to trust him that okay cody you're in there today i know you can do this so i don't have to worry about you you know you don't have to make accommodations for him you know as Emmett says there yeah exactly that very dutch typical dutch player laszlo saying it's if i I love i used to love watching dutch midfield with sedorf and davids and 
people like that, Burkamp playing off a striker, and like they could all play everywhere. You know, they you know, Frank Reichardt, these kind of players, they could play everywhere in midfield. Didn't matter where it was, they could play up top, they could play out wide. Didn't bother them because they were technically excellent players and tactically so astute. It's the grounding they get when they're young, and it's the, you can see it on the pitch. It doesn't phase him, and it's it's the fact that we stole him for the fee that we stole him for mm-hmm. is ridiculous. You know, it's ridiculous. And, and yeah, do you know do you know what would be painful right now is if Cody Gakpo was playing the way that he's playing, leading the line at Manchester United instead. Oh God, yeah. Because he would be almost perfect for that Manchester United team. And it yeah. is so great that we got him instead. I, I'm absolutely yeah. loving him. I, Andy Kaufman, I'm going to put this up again because I agree with you. Licorice is never nice. Uh, my wife is no, Dutch and she eats, she eats droopies. And that is a crime against the word candy. Those things are absolutely, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Uh, somebody else there said it's you know good to see that Curtis Jones, uh, Dan Austin, the consistency of Curtis Jones, very yeah. encouraging. Seven starts in a row now, I think this is for Jones. Seven on the bounce, and he won't have played in many games like that where the ball was going over his head a lot. And it's it's very difficult to read those type of games, you know, to read where you're supposed to be. But he had plenty of energy. He was getting out to the press when he could. He was decent enough on the ball. I don't think he was exceptional in anything, nope. but he, he was fine. Most yeah, of the play- wasn't terrible, played- wasn't fantastic. No, I think we played well enough, you know. I, I don't think that's the kind of game where you turn around and you, you you're going to have seventy percent possession of the football. You know, you could tell by the way they were pressing when we were on the ball. They wouldn't let us play out from the back. They don't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when they were pushing up onto us, they were pushing up with five flares. So, and the two wing backs were pushing out onto. It was almost man for man behind the front. Those five that were pressing. So Allison and he did it a few times. Allison went direct into midfield when Cody took the ball and turned and drove at players. That's the gamble that they take, that they trust themselves to be able to defend one v one against players. And the, the flip side of it is, if you try to play out from the back against that kind of a press, and you get it wrong, you get punished every time. You know, it's no it's no coincidence that they've got they've scored nearly. I think over 20 goals more this season than they did last season is because they've just got more goals from a different from a variety of positions plus Ivan Tony is lethal and, and Brian Buemo as well is so physically strong on the ball they're just very good at what they do so it was different from us and I'm glad we we adapted to it rather than being bullish and try to say okay we're Liverpool this is how we play we adapted how we played today and we needed to because we couldn't play our normal game. Our normal game would have we would have got beaten today, yeah, comfortably. Yeah, it showed it showed a tactical maturity, uh, I think, from Klopp and the coaching staff and the players to adapt to what was needed for the game. Because like, I look through my notes and the first note I have written down: four minutes, Virgil picks up a yellow card. Yeah, that's shocking. Poor me. tackle, late tackle, clear yellow card. But I mean, now he's got eighty-six minutes to go and he's on a yellow card. And by about I think halftime, maybe fifty minutes. We had Fabinho, Ibu, and Virgil all on yellow cards. Yeah. And there was never all a non- of any of them going off. But there were all nonsense bookings as well. Yeah. You know, I, it wasn't a dirty game. It was a no. physical game, you know, but it wasn't a dirty game by either side. And in fairness, that was a game today that didn't warrant, to me, it didn't warrant any bookings for either side. It just wasn't a nasty okay. game. 
Yeah, Derek, yeah, Derek Surratt, the, the referee was definitely a threat, should have shoved him wide. Uh, and that's how you pick up an eight-game ban by shoving the referee. But I, it really – yeah, it's hard to think of many calls that went in our favor that game. Like it, people saying like their entire game plan was just go down, get the free kick, launch the ball in. But they never really threatened from any of them, Kev. Like there was never really a time – and I said to you before we came on that I felt it was very much like the Fulham game where – they had moments where, in theory, it was a threatening position or a threatening move, but it never yeah. really forced Allison. Like, he didn't have to make a big one-on-one save, I don't think. Like, they had the ball in the net, but it was offside, so. I mean, David Mattis made the point that VVD's yellow was fair enough. It was. VVD, yeah. it, was it was a fair yellow. I, I grant you that. It was a fair yellow. But at the same time, it wasn't like he went through the player, studs up, you know, to do him or anything. He got the ball. Granted, he went through the player to get the yeah, no, that's just by the by, but it was rare to see Virgil go to ground, especially in that position when the player had his back to goal and was going away. You know, it was um, it was one of those positions on the pitch where you don't expect a referee or sorry, a, a center back to to lunge in like that, especially go to ground, especially Virgil. Yeah, but look, it was just a case of that's the intensity we needed to be at for the game and. From then on, everyone, I thought we were pretty disciplined. You know, I thought more often than not, we were disciplined when we were on the ball and we played okay in patches. I thought there was periods in the first half where we bossed it, where we were dominating the ball really well, created some really good openings. I mean, they were making an awful lot in the commentary about Darwin's chance, the one that Trent put that ball in over the top. What but to me, that it's a great pass. And if if you catch it right, it flies in the back of the net. If it squeezes squeezes off the side of your foot, you shin it wide. It's one of those. Not an easy finish by any stretch of the imagination. But at the same time, he had time to take a touch and go around the keeper and slot it. You know, it was he he needed a bit of composure in in that moment. You know, Uh, but it wasn't there. But before that. Was when we opened the scoring. I think we opened the scoring. It was like thirteen minutes or something like that. Yeah, I got it down as twelve minutes. I mean, before we get there, I had two things I want to point out. Uh, the first is big happy birthday to Kevin Ball and uh, yesterday Chris Brack from from this parish, who were both at the game celebrating their birthdays. So happy birthday to both you, uh, you fellas. I hope you guys enjoyed the game. wasn't a legendary one by any stretch of the imagination, but it's always good to see a win. Yeah. One of these days, I'll get to do that. Three points. Uh, Three points is three points at the end of the day. Clean sheets are a bonus. Exactly. Uh, and then the other thing that uh, I need to mention is, of course, that the show is brought to you by bookmakers.com, which is our partner for this season. They're helping us out getting the show out to you guys all for free every day that we have a show for you. Head on over to their website if you want to put a little bet down, get the best odds, do a little bit of research, find out what you're putting your money down on. Of course, do it responsibly. Check out Gav's show on there every week on their YouTube channel. So, uh, 12 minutes in, I mean, Mo Salah takes a touch on the line to end up putting it in. But, I mean, a great Henderson-like clip to the back post by Fabinho. Finds Virgil van Dijk in all sorts of space, who centers it to Mo. Balls in the back of the net. Happy yeah, day. it was, I mean, he took the extra extra touch to make sure, and he battered it in. It was, I mean, there was questions about whether there was a possible foul by Virgil on, yeah. I think it was Brian Abuemo, but no. Nah, no, I think really it was soft. Tony. I think it was Tony. I mean, was it's it surprising t- that Anthony Taylor didn't give it because he was giving that call all over the park. Yeah, but it was it was a good goal. It was a good finish. And we tried working that 
move a few times when we had a corner. Whoever the centre back was on that side of the pitch stayed up if they could. There was an option to stay up or a possibility that they might break break down and get a second shot at the bite of the cherry. They stayed up. And that's where it came from. It was Vir- Virgil staying up. And the header across was brilliant. The keeper had no chance with it. You know, the header across keeper it took the keeper out of it completely. And um I think it was our left wing back, Henry, Rico Henry did well to nearly get a foot on the ball, but Salah buried it and that put him on on level terms with uh, Steve Gerrard. And in record time, in um, quick quick time, like you know, the guy is just smashing records left, right, and center. I think that's a hundred goals now at Anfield. Yeah, it's um, thirty goals for the season. Yeah, the fact that he didn't get that he's not an automatic choice for people in their team of the year selections as right winger. That Bukayo Saka is Saka is getting picked ahead of him in people's selection just goes to show the standard that Mo Salah is being held to. Yeah. You know, if you get 30 goals in a season, in a calendar year, in a season from right wing, again, it, it's obscene. It's absolutely obscene. And he's, we, we just have to enjoy him while we, while we have him now, because he's not going to get any younger, but it doesn't seem like he's not, his, the quality is going to drop off. He's absolute gold dust. He's one of the best players I think the club have ever had. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, there's no, it's hard to put a proper value on somebody that puts the ball in the net consistently. You know, it's what, like, as much as we might hate Harry Kane for all of his antics and going on and preferential treatment that he gets, the guy scores goals. And at the end of the day, goals keep you up. Goals win you titles. You know, goals get you into the top four. And that's what you need. And Mo Salah does that. I mean, Roy Fitzgerald, I love this comment. He says, for the goal, the run of Salah is good to watch. He has the ball on the right, plays it to Fabinho. So when Salah scores, he's done a lot in order to get into that position after passing to Fab. And he's completely right. I mean, it almost looks like something off of the training ground, that move. Like that sequence of passes where Mo plays it to Fabinho 
starts to get into position to make that back post run as Fabinho loops it around to the other side. I mean, by the time it gets to Mo, there's no defenders. Like the Brentford defenders are all at sea. It goes through that corridor of uncertainty and Raya can't come off his line and the defenders are too far away to defend it properly. That's a lovely goal for Liverpool. And I mean, I got most all in my fantasy team, so I'm very, very happy about that. I'm a little bit biased. Should have captained him. Got a, got a little too cowardly and went with the popular choice of Erling Holland uh, for that. But I mean, yeah, really, uh, somebody here said that Brentford's pretty much only chance of the game was the free kick they had where Ivan Tony put the ball just wide of the right post, nice low driving free kick. It was a good effort, but I, I was worried there was a, a slight nick off Jota put a lazy mm-hmm. leg out. That could have gone anywhere. Anywhere. You know, I th- I think Allison had it covered to the post, but um, even still, that's one of those things that, you know, you buy a rat, you you know you buy a lotto ticket you take your chance yep and yeah it was a good effort but other than that i mean you could, we could talk about the offside goal and it was inches but it was and if brian Bueno took it really well did everything absolutely right got ahead of virgil took it around trent slotted it really well mistimed his run by a fraction but virgil made sure that he was off and that to me was just given the pressure that he's under this season given every the context of the situation of the game and the pressure at the time that we were under and the amount of space brian and Bueno had to run into that is some serious set of cojones to be able to just stop for that split second right at the second the one two was being played because he was watching the player playing the pass stopped and then went unbelievable defending and yeah. it'll, it'll go, you'll see it you'll, yeah you'll see it online tomorrow and it'll be you know brentford nearly scored virgil got done and this not nah. anyone would announce common sense or who's ever played the game or even watch football in a, any kind of meaningful way able to see what happened it was unbelievable center back play and supreme confidence in what he was being asked to do and supreme confidence in his defensive partner next to him that he wasn't going to play him on offside as well. You know, that he was going to, wasn't going to be dropping that bit deeper to play him on. Brilliant defending. Yeah. Yeah. And it, two weeks in a row again, because we had the same thing against Fulham last, uh, last game where the line did its job exactly correctly, where they might get that chance. You know, if the line, if, if the, what do you call them? Side official, just put their flag up and call it when they see it then it doesn't feel the same as when they keep the flag down and it goes through and the ball ends up in the back of the net and you see the replay and they're well and clearly offside. Like Anthony Boland says, like offside is offside, whether it's an inch or six feet, it's the same at a hundred percent. And, but it's just, it doesn't like the narrative around it, especially last season where our high line was almost perfect for the majority of the season. You'd hear the narrative of like, well, you know, Liverpool gave up some big chances in that game of like, no, they didn't. They were all offside. Like, we didn't give up any big chances. If anything, we played a fantastic defensive game. A lot of love for Mo Salah in the chat. Says Charles bows to Mo. Even he knows who's the real king. I mean, absolutely. 10 goals in his last 11 league games. 10 goals in his last nine games at Anfield. Nine games at Anfield in a row where he scored. First Liverpool player to ever do that. I mean, Mo Salah just absolutely loves a record. You can just see it. Like, Mo just takes a record, a, the record book out at the beginning of the season. He leaves the page open 
and there's a pen next to it. And as he walks back into the dressing room, he's just, okay. yep, yep, yep. By the time he gets to the end of May, looks back, and then he'll judge himself by the standards that he's setting himself by. Absolute freak of nature. Yeah. And I'm glad that he's ours. Yeah. It's uh, Jake Semister pointing out he's got 19 league goals, uh, 20 Premier League goals in a bad season for him. You know, that's what you're talking about with in terms of levels, uh, judgment for yeah. most. Uh, I think once he gets that, because I'm pretty pretty confident in the next three games, Mo's going to get one goal out of it and take his league tally to 20. That's six years in a row, 20 league goals yeah. people. Just un- he's right up there with any, he's right up there with the best forwards that have ever played in this league. Yeah. And people will, it, it for me when you're talking about top tens of whoever played in this league, it's down to aesthetics in the Premier League era. It's down to aesthetics. It's what you like. I love watching Thierry Henry play. He's just that kind of player. I love that type of player. Salah isn't easy on the eye. But he's so effective at what he does. I, I don't think he's easy on the eye at all. I think he's choppy when he dribbles. He looks like the ball isn't in control. He just looks like he doesn't know what he wants to do, but he absolutely does. But he's just one of the most effective. I think he's probably the best right winger to ever play in this league in the Premier in the Premier League era. I, I don't think it's up for debate now. Yeah, you know, I, I can't think of anyone who comes even close in the conversation. Well, when you just look at the goal scoring conversation and all the people that he's going up against in terms of his goal scoring tallies are all center forward types. Yeah. You know, like the goal scoring from that position is just unbelievable. And yeah, maybe it's a different world if Liverpool have a system or have played a system that relied on a traditional style number nine that wants to bag all the goals, but we didn't. We don't, you know, we yeah. played with Bobby Firmino, a guy that was willing to be a team player and only get, you know, 10, 12 goals a season sort of thing if it meant the team did better. And I mean, it it makes the the conversations whether it was in last off season before he signed his contract extension you know people wondering of whether we should keep Mo Salah of like the guy just scores goals and you keep yeah. that man around like he's he's in shape he's always fit he's always available he's constantly scoring goals I mean that's what great teams need to have is people put the ball in the back of the net and yeah I mean. God save the Egyptian king, I believe, is the... the and he do, he's today. just so consistent when he does it. Year yeah. in, year out, he's like... He's like the male. Every day. Like rain, rain, wind, sun, snow, it'll get there. You yeah. know, it, but at halftime, i got to be honest, I was, I was nervous. I didn't think we could... The way we were going and didn't make any changes, and I thought, I've seen the first five minutes of the second half, I thought... I don't think we we're not going to withstand this for another half. Someone somewhere is going to make a mistake. Someone's going to whack a cross in and get one right, or get a set piece right, or a long throw, or Anthony Taylor will see someone trip over their shoelace and give a penalty. Something will happen. But 44, 49 minutes that second half lasted, and I don't think Allison had to make a meaningful save. Off the top of my head, I don't think Allison made a meaningful save in that second half. We were under pressure, but we stood up to it so well. Yeah, it felt like if we were under pressure, the pressure was mostly in the, you know, 25 to 45 yards away from our goal, you know, part of the pitch. 
it didn't like yeah. we weren't constantly under the cost. Like they end up getting towards the end of the game, kind of a string of set pieces, you know, corners and stuff like that, where they can fire the ball into the box. But like we defended so well on it. And I noticed this in the Fulham game, and I don't know if it's been happening before that, but I definitely noticed it in the Fulham game and today is that Virgil seems to be drifting more towards the right side post on set pieces. He's not being central and left central place like you kind of expect the left of our center halves to be, is that he's allowing himself to drift deep because we have to know by now that the vast majority of set pieces that teams are going to take against us, they're going to try to target putting the ball into Trent's side. And Virgil's just dropping in there and winning aerial duels. And like, I'm interested to see what the stats would bear out. I'm literally just going to find it now. I'm trying to to give an update on my favorite stat though, which is that 538 has increased Liverpool's chances of qualifying for the champions league. Again, we are now up to 17%. It was 12% two games ago. Okay. Like I put into the telegram chat, listen to a little Creedence clear rod of revival. Keep on chugling. We just keep going, keep going, baby. Keep going. Virgil had 10 clearances, four headed clearances, one interception, three ball recoveries. Uh, Won two out of his three aerial duels, committed two fouls in the game, and was booked. See, that's what I mean. He committed two fouls in the game and was booked once. And the fact that he's got an assist. um, Not as many touches or passes as he normally would have. He only had 63 touches of the ball. Normally, that's up closer to 100. Yeah. You know, but even his long balls, there was a 40%. He was um, two out of five. You know, so we didn't go direct you through Virgil that often. It was mainly through Allison. You know, but yeah, in general, his uh, defending today was brilliant. Yeah, I pull no, it back really, around really because Jake Semister always uh, reliable on throwing Jurgen Klopp's post match comments up for us here on Full Time Reds. Uh, Jurgen talking about Mo Salah says, uh, if anybody needs proof that Mohamed Salah is special, I don't know. That is not the case for anybody at Liverpool. He is one of the all time greats. I. Obviously, yep. he he completely loves him. Uh, Jake follows that up asking, Kev, if United lost tomorrow and it was a point ahead with the game in hand for United, would it change your view on if we could get top four? It's out of our hands. There's nothing we can do about it. Uh, this is the can, thing. We can all this become we, we can hope for a day. We can hope, but it's it's the hope that kills you. It's one of those things like it's – at the end of the day, they need eight points from five games. That are nine points for five games, and we have to be perfect between now and the end of the season. I think we'll do our job. Um, I just think that they've got two soft fixtures in there, and two soft fixtures, and they'll probably pick up something else who are those as well. Soft fixtures: Wolves, who beat inform Aston Villa today. Or That's a local what? derby. Yeah. Who's getting all of their players back from a nasty bug, and they're going to want to play them into form ahead of a big European semi-final? Come on, yeah. Kev. Mate, you could talk. You talk yourself into it, and it will break your heart. You know, hey, if, it, hope, I, if it'll happen, the hope, it might happens, kill you. But, the hope might kill you, but you're going to die but, by overdose. And if you're going to overdose on anything, <laughs> let it be on hope. I mean, come hey, on. Hey, look, man. Uh, I'm just looking at their fixtures now. Uh, tomorrow they got West Ham away. Tough game, always is. Uh, Wolves at home. Wolves at home. Bournemouth away. And in fairness, Bournemouth are safe now, pretty much. And Chelsea beat them today 3-1. So that's not... Doesn't Congratulations. I, I mean, we should probably stop and take yeah, a Chelsea, moment. Chelsea got, got saved. 
Yeah, Ch- Chelsea got safe today. <laughs> Mathematical uh, safety, yeah. Yeah. You know, they're um, probably ensured that they'll finish this season ahead of Bournemouth in the league table, which I know was their goal coming into the season and when they spent 600 million pounds on players. The goal of that was to finish above Bournemouth in the league table. Yeah. yeah. But they've got a run of fixtures towards the end of May. they got Bournemouth, then they're at home to Chelsea and at home to Fulham. The thing is, they've got two home games the last... Their, you know, their last two games. If they blow it from here, if they blow it from here, they'll, they'll just, I mean, the green and yellow flat scarves are oh. just going to be out of course. <laughs> oh, gonna, the Norwich shop be, will be sold out within yeah, minutes. It's going to be epic, but quite serious questions would need to be asked of Ten Hag if they blow it from here. You know, he, this side doesn't cope with pressure well. You can tell by their goal difference this season that they don't do pressure well. And if they, if anyone will blow it, it'll be them. I don't think Newcastle will blow it. They're fine. Newcastle found form at the right time, so I think they'll be okay. But yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be an absolute monumental Premier League story if they blow it from here. But oh. all we can do is our bit and put ourselves in a position where they have to get the nine points, force them to get the nine points to to get to where they need to get to. Yeah, it's just a I shame. Mean, I wish they were still involved in Europe because I think the volume of games would actually cripple them, especially with the injuries that they picked up. Where all of a yeah. sudden, instead of having Varane and the little butcher in there, they've mm. they've got Lindelof and Luke Shaw playing center half for them. Uh, I mean, the other results today, just to touch on them, uh, Roy, Roy's Crystal Palace coming up short against Tottenham, Harry Kane scoring again, Spurs keeping their uh, noses in there for a European place, yeah. Wolves guaranteeing their safety, one nothing victory over Aston Villa, probably drawing curtains on Aston Villa, getting a Europa League spot, probably still open for the Conference League, maybe Villa. Maybe. I'm looking yeah. at the table now. Villa have two losses in their last two games. That's that's kind of finished them off. Yeah. Brighton are still in a box seat, but they've got a really, really tough run of fixtures. And if they get I hope they get Europe, they deserve it. But Whatever they get out of the season, they're going to have to earn it. Spurs won't go away. Um, look, they're, we saw it when they played against, so even a 3 0 up, they gave it a right go, you know. So, and picking up the win against Palace today, that'll keep them, it'll keep them interested. Let's put it that way, you know. And it's the one thing with Spurs, they'll always score, they've scored 64 goals this season. There's only three less than us. It's just that they've conceded 57. Wait, you know, Spurs have scored 64 goals this season? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Do you know how, sco- how many of those were scored by Richarlison? Uh, <laughs> the most parody bookings in were- the entire league. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they've conceded 57 goals, which is the most of any other club outside of Bournemouth, Leicester, Leeds, and Nottingham Forest, and Southampton. So even Everton teams have, in a team that got beat nine nothing. Even Everton have conceded less goals than Spurs this season. Uh, I'm going to point this out for Red Steve. I believe the word you're looking for there is fewer. Uh, that's just for Red Steve, though. Uh, Thor, the dyslexic polyglot, says he's going on Dragon's Den next week. He sells Norwich scarves at every United game. He's offering a 25% share. Are you in? That's a genius business plan right there. The only thing that could be as profitable as that is the guy that's selling plane banners outside of Anfield for disgruntled dummies that want to complain about our ownership. 
Uh, I mean, the other the other game, Leeds United, the gravy boat did not come into port on time, unfortunately. No. Leeds, they got a late goal, didn't really I threaten after that. Mate, I, 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 watched the, I watched the first half, and I swear to God, it was like watching a training session. Yeah. It was 10 behind the ball, and nobody putting pressure on the ball. It was embarrassing. I mean, it's, I, I understand why they did what they did. It's like, look, we're going to lose. Don't get battered six or seven because if it comes down to goal difference, it could screw you. They got out of there. They lost two one. Um, they kept the they kept the scoreline respectable, and it Leeds got to pick up four points. Yeah, you know, three three maybe, but four definitely. And I just don't know if they're capable of getting a win against anyone, especially with the way Allardyce sets up a side. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough to see if Leeds can stay up. Like I just that goal today was a positive sign of the fact even against City when they were two 0 down and it seemed like the sort of game where you just take the beating that you've already received, don't make it any worse than it has to be. Like you say, like keep an eye on that goal difference that they managed to pick up a goal and you know just try to have a little bit of fight to it. Like Willie Nanto coming back into the team, that's gonna help them a lot. I think he's been a big big miss for them. Like if you look at their upturn in form they had a couple of months ago it coincided with Willie Nanto putting the ball into the net on a you know semi-regular basis but I mean like Laszlo says typical city they keep throwing in stupid late goals David De Gea is on 15 league clean sheets this season second is Allison and Nick Pope with 13 like the clean sheet has really taken a back seat this year like yeah they're, it's it very I was quick. just looking there at the possession stats for the Leeds uh Man City game Man City, 81% possession. Uh, Leeds had four attempts. And, you know, it mad. Absolute nuts. I, I just... The fact that that Leeds team can score against City, like, and it was like a simple error at the back, but, I mean, game after game, City's not winning 3-0, 4-0. They're winning 3-1, 4-1. Like, they're giving up goals. It gives me hope for Real Madrid because if there's a team that can punish a stupid mistake and just bang a couple of quick goals in, it is definitely Real Madrid. Yeah, um, I I think they've got the Spanish Cup final this weekend. Uh, I think they're playing Osasuna this weekend. Uh, if members, someone was telling me. So if they get that win, that'll give them something to bounce into. Um, it's probably the one game I, I couldn't care less about Inter Milan against AC Milan unless no. Debock is playing. If Debock's playing, I'll watch it. If he's not, I probably won't bother. But the Real Madrid Man City game, I'm really interested in this because I just want to see what City are like when a side comes at them. You know, it too many sides in the Premier League are you know to just take the pot Vaseline out and just. Have their, have their tummy tucked, uh, tummy tickled against Man City and are terrified of playing them. It's always damage limitation against them. Nobody's got the bottle to try to do something against them. And it's too easy. This league is becoming too much of... Too many sides are sheep when they come to play against Man City. Too many sides are, are terrified of playing them. You know, they talk about the strength and depth in the Premier League and all of that. But I'm not seeing it. They're going to get 95 points again this season, 90 plus points again this season, without even playing well. You know, and they haven't played scintillating football. They haven't got you up out of your chair when you're watching something and saying, wow. You know, they're still, I nearly fell asleep in parts of that first half. It was that boring. 
Uh, that's you know, a Man City I, game for you. It is. It is. And look, they're brilliant at what they do. They're a fantastic football side. They win lots, but they could bore you to tears when you watch them. You know, and that's not anything to do with the money or the investment or anything like that. It's almost a case, and it's almost com- it's compounded for me because of the sides that they play play the way they do. At least when they were playing again a couple of years ago, when they were playing against the likes of Crystal Palace, Leicester gave them awful trouble at times as well. It was because they set up so well to be able to get at them. So Leeds today were just, and it was for the first for the first half that I watched, ten behind the ball, don't come out of shape, and the City's two goals came from the edge of the box where Gundogan had so much time on the ball. You know, it was ridiculous. It was amateur. It was it was. You know, you wouldn't see it in the lower leagues, what they were doing. Yeah. You know, but it's no surprise, really, when you think about it. Leeds are into their, what, third, fourth manager this season? You know, yeah, different know. different styles, different ways of playing, different ideas of how they want to play. No wonder their brains are fried, like, you know, it's... <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and, and what I don't goals. understand is how have teams that are, when they look at it on paper, when they're in their week or two weeks ahead of time building up for the City game, and you know, like coaching staffs will be doing their, how are we going to plan to play against Manchester City? Have Did none of them see the film of when Southampton played City in the Cup and played them off the park? Southampton is... I don't think in any world you could say that a single South, like a combined 11 of Southampton against Manchester City would have a single Southampton player in it. No. And yet Southampton played them off the park that day. And it wasn't a ridiculously weakened city side where they put out half of their under 23s or something like that. They put out a proper, mostly full strength Manchester City side against Southampton. And Southampton took the game to them and beat them easily, deserved to win. Like, like almost played them off the park, which is insane to say because nobody plays, you know, Pep Guardiola's Manchester City off the park. That's just the way they dominate football games. But like the idea that you can just park the bus against City and come out with any sort of result, uh, Allardyce might, might not be as smart as Allardyce thinks he is. Yeah. In in years gone by, you could get away with it because of the strikers that they had. But when you've got a striker like Haaland, who occupies centre-backs the way he does, and he's so quick, you know, he's he's lightning quick and he's so strong in the air that they, this is why they bought him. Yep. You know, and didn't go for Harry Kane or didn't, you know, it was telling when they didn't, when they didn't, they looked at Harry Kane, they decided what price they were willing to go with him on and they walked away because he just wasn't worth the money that was being quoted. And you can see why, you know, I mean, it's, it's obscene what they're paying Haaland. But you can see why they're why they're paying it. Yeah. Well, it's enough about it, fuck them. Fuck yeah, price. yeah, absolutely. It's uh, four games to go uh, for pretty much all the teams in the league now. As we get halfway through this game week, City's got a four point lead at the top. I, mm. I think it's almost. There's a game on tonight, isn't there? What's that? Is there a game on that? 
No, I don't think or so. Or is that tomorrow night? I think it's tomorrow. There's there's a couple it's games first tomorrow, first. and then because uh, apparently nobody That's worked it. on Mondays over there, there's three yeah, games on Monday. Start at 10 o'clock in the morning for me. I mean, Monday is a huge day in terms of the relegation. The three games on Monday, you got Fulham hosting Leicester, Brighton hosting Everton, and Nottingham Forest hosting Southampton. So, yeah. like, Unfortunately, you know, it's not a bank holiday in Ireland, so I'll be in work for the yeah. first two games. Yeah, I mean, the first um, game for me starts at 10 in the morning. That's ridiculous. How am I supposed to watch a game at 10 a.m. on a Monday? Will, will you be able to stream to get to get that on the radio? Uh, radio, no. Video, yes. So I might just have to carry around a battery pack with me while I do my mail route so that I can have the game play constantly. Even though I prefer radio, I just don't jump through all the hoops to get a VPN to pick up the BBC. And, of course, it's geolock, so I can't get the BBC um, over here. After we finish, I'll give you the list. The <laughs> R, matey. You got her. Uh, I mean, really, yeah. I mean, the second half, I, again, I, I'm going to say I thought this game is very similar to the game against Fulham. Like, you say routine 1-0, There's and you you pointed out to me, there was nothing routine about it. Uh, no Zeds are here. It is not a bank holiday in Canada uh, uh, on Monday. I wish it, I really wish it was. We got one coming up in two weeks, though, to celebrate Queen Victoria, because it's all about the Monarchs today, apparently. Um, not much happened in that second half. I mean, really at all. Like, I'm kind of looking through my notes, and there's there's not too much. Trent had a good uh, a good shot saved. Yeah, was a, that was a really good save. Yep. That was a... I mean, they made, Carragher was making a point in commentary about Trent moving into midfield full-time, full and we revert back to playing the 4-3-3 how we were playing it. Is yeah. it do you, and we, we go out in the summer and invest in a, in a serious right-back. You know, someone like you're in Timber now or someone like that, you could come in and play right-back, uh, right-centre-back, get up and down the line quick. Or, see, that's the discussion. That's, I do think you... it's the other way. I don't think you play. I think this three at the back is working, Kevin. I think if you're going to do anything, yeah. you're going I'm to look you. at replacing Robertson, who is 29, 28, going on 29, maybe. You know, yeah. we're we're approaching the point where we need to start thinking about what do we do after Andy Robertson is no longer our left back because there's a drop off. Yet there's very few left backs in the world that are on the level that Andy Robertson's on. And now we're changing formation. It's I'm really coming around to the idea of signing somebody that can play that left-sided center half or possibly in the middle of that back three and bump Virgil out to the would, left if that's what needs to be done. Would you test Bayern Munich's resolve and put a bid in for Alfonso Davis? Kev, you can't do this to me, all right? You know he's Canadian. <laughs> you know how much that this would make me the happiest thing. Like, the fact that Liam Miller is the only Canadian to have ever put on a Liverpool shirt in a, a meaningful fashion means that Liam Miller has to be one of my favorite Liverpool players of all time. I would die if we could get Alfonso Davies. I don't know how he functions as that left-sided center half and a three-at-the-back system like we're playing, but he's got ridiculous pace. And so much upside. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But I, I think it could be a Josco Vardial thing. I really do. I, I think he goes to. I think he does move this summer. Um, I don't know if he goes to Liverpool. Um, it'd be interesting, but I think they turned down a huge bid already for him. Um, I mean. Rumors of they a turned release down a, clause, though, right? What's that? Release clause? 
I think what you'll find, I think in the summer he goes to Man City and replaces Amrit Laporte. I think Laporte leaves Man City this season and I think he goes to Man City, personally. Be too bad. It's, I mean, uh, Anthony Boylan uh, talking about transfers. He says, we wanted a generational talent in midfield and we already have one at the club in Trent ready and waiting. It's getting hard to argue against. I, I, I don't see when I see people talking about moving Trent into midfield full time. They're talking about bringing a right back in behind him, and I think it just changes the shape. I think this change of shape has made us so much more dynamic. Like you were saying, where you go into every game and you're like, I don't know how we're going to play. You look at the lineup, you think about how they're going to play in this new system with Trent dropping into that hybrid, inverted, double pivot, fullback role. It's exciting yeah. to watch us play again, and. You know, we're exciting in the middle of the park. We're winning those battles that at the start of the season, we were losing those battles in the midfield and we were dying because of it. I, I think Olivia, Olivia, Olivia is calling for another Canadian to come in, Jonathan David. I think that ship sailed with Cody Gakpo, I'm afraid. So do I. If, Cody, I, if we didn't sign Cody Gakpo, I think Jonathan David would have been an interesting shout for sure. Yeah. But yeah, unless Gakpo moves to the midfield full time. And instead of us needing to sign three midfielders, we find out that we've had two or three of them already at the team in Trent and Cody Gakpo and Curtis Jones, you know, stepping up and Stefan Bacetic. Like the cupboard might not be as bare as we thought it was in terms of midfielders because yeah, just, we're not we're not seeing the players the same way that the coaching staff sees them. So yeah, the the problem with the cupboard is it's got a few odd pairs of stinky socks that are stuck in the bottom corner that you just can't quite reach to throw them out. But yeah, what happens in the summer is you get out all the clothes, you guess you send them all away to be dry cleaned and then whatever's left, you just fire in the trash. Exactly. And uh, that, that would be the numbers eight and 15 <laughs> and then number seven and nine, uh, hopefully will be fitting on the bench for when uh, a whole whack load of day trippers go over to Liverpool for the final home game of the year. And, Bobby and James Milner can get the send off that they deserve. And that unfortunately last year, Sadio Mane didn't get to receive from the Liverpool fans of knowing that he's leaving, but the crowd didn't know it at Anfield for his last home game. But everybody knows that Milner and Bobby are going to be moving on after this season. So I, I really can't wait for that. I hope that Bobby at least gets some sort of token, you know, yeah. five minutes at em the end of the game so that he can get his yeah. flower. Em Definitely, for sure. I hope he plays as well, to be honest. Emmett makes a point there that Trent wasn't his best game today. It wasn't. Um, there was a few times when the ball, when he went for, I know, I remember one header that he went for and he just missed tiny jump completely and the ball went straight over him into the path of Brentford left winger to attack. But that was more when he was in the right back position. Um, I think this is, this is a weird kind of game, though, because a lot of the game wasn't played in midfield it was played over midfield or around midfield to get yeah. direct by them up to the forwards it it was a, an almost a unique type of game against a, a very specific opponent um midfield today it was a different job it was a different role um I thought Fabinho did okay I thought Fabinho did actually better than okay I thought he was pretty decent today but it was a different role for him today um it's not the usual typical kind of you know, stand on the ball, make sure it moves from side to side, look for penetrating runs and what have you. It wasn't that kind of goal, that kind of game. It was um, it was a proper flashback to 1980s, 1990s football. It was, it was a weird one. 
I mean, uh, as proper a flashback as when they cut to the stands and showed uh, Ian Rush sitting one one row up from John Barnes. You know, there's a there's a flash from the '80s and '90s right yeah, there. For there's royalty fans. in that box for sure. Yeah, it's no no doubt, and uh, it was definitely the King's Day. It was a pity they didn't show. I didn't see uh, any any shots of uh, Dog Leash at the game today. That would have been um, no, I didn't see any, but I'm pretty sure he was probably there. Yeah, it's. Uh, a day for him, a hundred percent. Well, that's the second last game. That's the second last home game now. Um, yep. I think we've two away and one home. Is it three away and one home or two? Two, two and away. One. We got three left. We got Leicester away, Villa at home, Southampton away. Yeah, three. Yeah. So fair, that's all we fair, can do. Fair, I mean, fair. we had nine games that looked eminently winnable after we finished that round of three tough ones against, you know. Yeah big four rival teams and we've won six in a row now and we just keep go- moving from strength to strength i mean winning one nil somebody said at this top of the show you know we've gotten back to winning ugly and that's 100 yeah. percent it of grinding out those one nils you look to you know that glorious year 1920 when we win the league the number of times we won by one goal i believe all six of the victories that we've had in a row are one goal victories yeah you know and I remember going back to an interview. Do you remember the interview the Klopp did after the win against Crystal Palace where we slapped them? And he said he'd rather have seven one nil wins than one seven nil win. You know, it's like it's so true because confidence breed, breeds those kind of results and trust in, in the players having trust in each other and trust in what they're trying to what they're trying to do is everything in that kind of game and. There's a few players that started today, Kanate being one that needed this kind of game. You know, the back-to-back clean sheets, the, um, the the defensive display that was put out today was needed for confidence yeah. by, by a fair few. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what have, what have you got planned for tonight? Uh, I'm probably going to watch some baseball, maybe catch some of the hockey games. I mean, uh, if you're into the North American sports at all, basketball and hockey are both into playoff season, so... That's always exciting to watch. I usually don't pay attention to basketball or hockey at all until the playoffs come around. So I'm back into the mode as a Montreal Canadiens fan of waiting for the Toronto Maple Leafs to not win the Stanley Cup for another consecutive year. So I'm sure that uh, big day will be coming around for me at Mm. any moment. But other than that, watch some baseball. Enjoy it. It's a nice spring day. We're hitting nice 18, 20 degree temperatures here in Ontario today. Same here here today. It's nice today. Yeah, it's nice today. No, I... There's boxing on a bit. Um, there's F1 in Miami as well. So I might might be able to sit and watch some of that. What time's that race? Uh, it's a qualifying. It should be on now, actually, I think. The qualifying for tomorrow. Um, oh, yeah, Miami. This is this is my time zone. It's Welcome your time, to my yeah, world. So it's, <laughs> um, the problem is I think it clashes with some of the football that's on. So I'll probably watch the, watch the F1 for the first five laps and then I'll, when Verstappen takes the lead, I'll just turn it off and start watching the football again. Yeah. Cause you know that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, another comment here from Roy Fitzgerald uh, in terms of United, he says we have a plus 16 goal difference over United. Imagine that our seven, nothing win a 14 goal swing helps us pip them to fourth on goal difference. Let's dream. This is what I've been saying for about a month now, Rory. There's a, <laughs> there's a chance. There's a world where we finish on the same number of points. And that is, the best of all possible outcomes. That and Everton losing to Bournemouth at home on the final day of the year to go down. That's just... That would be mental. 
Yeah, just absolutely great. Uh, what would be even more great, though, is if everybody that's uh, watching the show or listening on download afterwards, besides hitting the like button on YouTube or giving us a five-star rating on whatever podcasting app that you're listening to the LFC Day Trippers on, please go into the description for the show or onto any of the LFC Day Tripper social media accounts. You'll see the link to our charity partners that we're working with, the 12 women from the Dublin GAA club that are running the Dublin Marathon, raising money for breast cancer awareness. We partnered up with them for the rest of this season to try to get them through to their fundraising goal. They're willing to train for a marathon, so it's pretty simple for us to help them out. Share if you can, put it onto your social media accounts. If you got a few extra quids, dollars, or euros kicking around you want to throw into the basket, Every little bit helps. We'll get them to their uh, fundraising goal. Gav uh, and the golf day, he's getting, what, down to five, six weeks left until golf yeah, day. Yeah, there's, there's not long left. So yeah. if anyone's interested in sponsoring a tee hole, you know, a tee box, um, spot prize in a raffle, anything that can contribute to making money for this charity, anything at all, email uh, lscdaytrippers at gmail.com and Gav will get back to you. Yeah, 100%. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, Kev? Nah, the boys will be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, and they'll have a more in-depth review uh, of today and what's going forward for the next few games. We have a nice break now. You know, we we don't play now until next Monday night week. You know, so... Oh, yeah, that's we've right. Been, we've been, on, we got Monday. Yeah, we have a, ni- a nine-day break, which, in fairness... Is good because we'll get we'll be able to get a few players back, get players right and fit, give them a few days off. They played a lot of football in the last few weeks, you know, so that'd be good. You know, the, the break won't do them any harm. Three more games to go. Let's just get these three games won. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, of course, fat back four on Sunday night as normal. But then Monday, that could be the funnest winners and losers show of the entire year, given the stakes that are on for the games that are on on Monday. So those yeah. three relegation uh, adjacent games that are being played on Monday will finish up and then Gav will be going live with winners and losers on Monday evening. And there could it could be almost settled. If certain results fall certain ways, you know, the, the relegation chips are starting to fall into place because we are just simply running out of games here. So, but Liverpool did what Liverpool needed to do. Hosted Brentford at Anfield, finished 1-0 to Liverpool. Mo Salah scores again. We keep marching on. Three more games to go. So thanks for joining us on the LFC Day Trippers, full-time Reds. I'm Matt. That's Kev. Brought to you by bookmakers.com. See you guys next game. Sports Social Podcast Network.